0: Hi everyone, you are listening to Teaching Journey Podcast, connecting through early education. This is episode 5. In this episode, I sat down with Rita Ravida. She has been in the earliest sector for 30 years and is now a director and kindergarten teacher in a small community-based sessional kindergarten called Newlands Preschool. I am so excited to be sharing this recording with you. Because I believe that she is an embodiment of a lot of us who are seeking to find their identity and the balance in our professional and personal journey. Especially when in time when our sector is full of uncertainties, Rita has shown me that there is hope in finding joy, love and still the burning passion for early education, even after 30 years. She has an amazing connection with herself and has actively worked towards grounding herself Reflecting on herself, self-care and being open to new possibilities of learning every single day. Her passion for Reiki has naturally woven into her teaching pedagogies and she has made it her own over the years as she evolved into the teacher she is today. She said, your workspace becomes who you are, so make it your own. Leave your mark. And she did exactly that. She has combined the two things that she loves into her teaching spaces, Reiki and early child education. And in result, she is her authentic self both at home and at her teaching spaces, radiating joy, giving love to those around her. How beautiful is that? When I created this podcast, I wanted a space for our teachers to tell their story. But more importantly, I wanted people to listen in and share a message that you can be your authentic self in your teaching. And you may be the one that just started to discover what sort of a teacher you are and unpacking your own beliefs and values. But I want you to still ponder as you listen into this episode. What do you enjoy doing? How can this be shared with children? And how can we share our passion to our co-educators? And if you're in a leadership position, how can you provide a platform for your team to find a voice and share what they enjoy at home with children? And you may consider, what if I'm unsure about what I'm passionate about? And I hope you can take this opportunity to consider how you can go into a journey of self-discovery or finding a sense of belonging with the children. Because I believe if you are open and vulnerable to children about your journey, you are role modeling so many skills, body awareness, self-regulation, self-reflection, self-care, and the act of listening to your surroundings to name a few. So when you walk into your teaching space, breathe, look around you. Where are you represented in this teaching space? What stands out for you about who you are as a teacher? What does your mark-making look like? So here it is, Episode 5 with Rida Ravida. Enjoy. Hi everyone, joining us today on our fifth episode is Rita Ravida in a beautiful session of kindergarten space in which she is the centre director and the kindergarten teacher. Thanks Rita for joining us. You're
1: welcome.
0: Um, so I've heard that you've been a, kin- a centre director for a very long time and I you've have. been a sector for Dirty. 30 years. That's a long time isn't it? That <laughs> is a long time. And so how many years have you been
1: a centre director here? So here I've been 20 years. So I started off as a three-year-old teacher one year and then a place the position came up for the director and I applied for I had the experience so I wasn't quite ready at the time I just wanted to work more with children because I knew that being a director there was a lot of admin yeah. associated with that and it probably wasn't my forte But you live and learn on the job. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And it's
0: a bit of a skill to also, you know, not only teach at the same time, but also direct. But that's the reality that we're facing And it's just a balance. It's a balance. And
1: and you need to, sometimes that balance is a little bit up and down, but um, you try and find what works for you. Because you want to have, you want to be harmonious when you are with the children. So you need to find that balance.
0: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And I've also heard that you've got a unique style of teaching where you integrated um, Ricky into your teaching program, which is fantastic. And I really, really want to talk a lot more into um, that. Yes. But let's start from the beginning for you. Yes. What does your professional journey look like? Um, where did you start it and why okay.
1: in the early years sector? Um, I have to say from a very young child, I've always wanted to work with children. Didn't know what or how, but yes. something with children. Um, you know, went to high school and just sort of did the next thing and just went into a uni and, and I got my diploma in early childhood in those days, many years ago. It wasn't a bachelor, it was a diploma. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that and then got a job in um, a long daycare centre. And I worked in all the rooms with all the different age groups and I loved it. But it got to a point where after 10 years it was a little bit tiring physically. You know, the early starts. I didn't have children at the time, so at the time it was okay. Yeah. But then, yeah, it took its toll, the physical aspect of the job. Um, so I went back to uni. Yeah. In my 30s and got my Bachelor of Early Childhood Studies. Fantastic. And then after I did that, I thought, um, I'm going to do some agency work. So I did agency work for a good two and a half years. I wanted to see what else was out there. Mm. What was I missing? I'd been in one place for 10 years. Mm. And it's not like I was stale. I just was comfortable. Mm. So that was a huge eye-opener in a negative and a positive aspect. Um, Got to see some... Places that I probably would never go back to Um, and then some places that so inspired me and I came away with some wonderful ideas and different practices and just the way things are done at um, different services. So I think I came away with a lot of knowledge. Then I came to Newlands, it was my final placement. So while I was doing agency work I had one year to go, I did it by correspondence, my uni degree, my Mm -hmm. final uni degree. And this, I did my final placement at Newlands and then one year later I became the director and the four-year-old teacher and the three-year-old teacher because many years ago the three-year-olds only came for two and a half hours and the four-year-olds only came for ten hours. Mm -hmm. So I used to do two four-year-old groups, do 20 hours with the children and there were some years in there where I would do the threes and the fours. Then that um, just got too much and I just wanted to do part-time. So I did the fours and then we hired another teacher for the threes. We were run by Committee of Management at the time, so that worked beautifully. And then in the last... So I've been here 20 years and in the last five years, I just, you know, looking at everything, how a kindergarten was run and all the new legalities that came with that, um, the Committee of Management, as much as they were helpful and committed, they really didn't know the ins and outs of, of yeah. all the admin and pay line and rates of pay, all of that, yeah. um, hiring and firing. So I went to the council, and there was um, there was some other teachers that were really in wanting something a bigger body to look after us. So I was on the steering committee. Of, um, which is now Moorland Early Years Management yeah. and Moorland Early Years Management now runs six kindergartens in Moorland and we finally have a professional body that takes over all the departmental jobs and tasks that are so arduous because it's not what I'm about yeah. so um, I can finally really focus more of my attention on the program and the children and um, you know just improving on my practices and I've got a lot of time for that and that's where I've found another burst of energy. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: And I really resonate with that because I also sit in the management position and sometimes I do feel lost that I am, you know, looking at all the numbers and the figures. and like you said, the hiring and firing and, you know, with the sector that's in at the moment, it can be very, very difficult and stressful. Absolutely. Um, And yet I forget why, why I've started doing what I do, Mm. what it is that I've enjoyed. Yes. And I think that's something that would, uh, you know, resonate a lot with other people because a lot of great teachers that we're seeing are moving up to management because we don't have a choice. You know, there's not a lot of really good, you know, caliber, you know, Absolutely. teachers totally out agree. there. Yes, and so we have to push leadership up really, really quickly. Yeah. Um, and for you, like within a year, you're straight into director role, and that's what we're seeing in our sector yes. at the moment. Yes. So we're losing all these great teachers mm-hmm. because they're moving into management, yes. and then these managers or leaders are getting burnout.
1: Yes, um, and I find. Um, when I was in daycare, the manager or the director of the childcare worked ninety five percent of the time in the office. Yeah. Whereas in kinder, yes. our role is multitask. Not only are we running the kindergarten, the day to day running of the kindergarten, but we're dealing with the families, we're dealing with the children, and the staff, and council, and our own um, management. So there's so much that we're dealing with. Mm. So our hats come, you know, They would take them off, we put them on, we take them off, we put them on. So there's just, there's so many facets to our job. It's not just teaching, but it has improved because we are under, uh, we are under more under early management. So I have seen an improvement in that side because you can get burnt out. There's so much involved in this job. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Beyond what I think a lot of people know.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about the hats that you mm. were referring to, because um, I do wear those hats as well. But you know, when we talk about challenges, mm. what's your biggest challenge right now? Right now, on the spot, like you know, thinking about those moments. Yes, I think staff yep. can be a big
1: challenge. Yes. not only trying to retain them, mm. but maintaining their focus, maintaining their their um, passion for what they do. Um, in the last three years, I would say that a lot of staff. Just in general, that I know within this management, and there's four to six of us all up. Um, that that passion is is not as bright as it used to be. Um, a lot of staff that I've spoken to at a crossroad, and they don't know which way to go because this sector is just you're working all the time, mentally and physically, and it's really hard also to switch off. A lot of jobs you just go to your job and you work you put your hundred and ten percent in and you walk away this job just it's the nature of this job um, you're always switched on um, you might go on a holiday and you think oh you go to a market oh I need a basket. Yes. it's just the way and it's not that's not a bad thing no, I say yes. that in a, in a good way yeah. but you're never switched off from the job um, and that can be can take its toll at times so not only that side of the job that's difficult but I just I'm finding um, staff we're not finding the staff that we would like in our services to fit within our philosophies and we've all got different philosophies but um, sometimes I feel like a lot of staff are just on their own agenda Mm -hmm. and that's really tricky when you're trying to build a team where people are coming and going so I feel like sometimes staff are like blow-ins they come and go, and you build, and you build, and you work, and you have lots of, you know. My aim when we have our staff meetings is to have a bit of fun with the staff meeting. I always start off with either a very short meditation or some cards, where inspirational cards. So just to, you know, it's about well-being, and if you can get your staff on board, well-being in that well-being area, I feel like you're 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 reaching higher grounds with them. Yeah. Um, but because the staff are coming and going the team is always disjointed so that's one of the biggest issues yeah for yeah, me
0: yeah definitely and yeah i'm finding that personally myself as well now you've shown me around in your beautiful kinder space and obviously i can see that you know you've got that equilibrium. i would say you know i know we spoke about yes a couple of stuff changes this year yes but it's a work in progress and it's been hard work with the staff that you have now, yes. the educators that you have now. What are the steps that you've
1: done to build towards? Um, mainly, I would say the, our focus of our staff meetings. I just mm. think um, in order to, get, to gain staff's trust and also to help them to feel a sense of ownership and belonging to the kindergarten, they need to have a voice and we need to empower them. So I find if I have a staff that, you know, I've got one staff that is loves gardening. So I let go of that area and I hand over to that staff because I know that that person will put their heart and soul into the garden because they're good at it and they're a bit of a green thumb too. So yes. I think with staff, really um, interactive staff meetings, empowering them with things that they love or interest them. And getting them on board with everything that we do, we all do the observations, we all do the um, the programming, the the cycle is um, contributed. Everyone contributes to the program and to the curriculum, and it's ever changing. And it's 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 coming from the children, but it's also inspired by the staff and the parents. So. Yeah, I think i
0: back to that question. Yeah, Yeah. and I think it's like, you know, like children where when we reflect on the framework, you know, creating a space for educators to feel belong, Mm -hmm. heard, valued, respected, part of the team. We often forget that we do so much of those work with the children, trying to yes. make sure that it's evidence-based in, in, in the practice, yes. but yet it's often forgotten mm. in the interactions that we have with the staff. Absolutely, so, yeah. and that, they are
1: number one. Yeah. I, I think when you go into any service and you meet the staff, mm-hmm. you already have an idea of the practices of that service because the staff, I, I believe that if the staff are valued, then you will get good results. For the children. For everyone. Yes. Families, children, staff. Um, Yeah, so we're rebuilding at our kinder. Mm -hmm. And that does take time. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, We do lots of social things together too. Get-togethers, coffees sometimes. Just we, um, I think the nice place about this service is the hub and there's a buddhista at the front who, she's on holidays at the moment, but she uh, makes coffee for the community. Or You need to buy your own coffee. Yeah. And so the community's coming through because they've got the um, workshops and there's there's a drop-in room. And so for us, it may sound very simple, it's a coffee, but we can all say, coffee, do you want a coffee, do you want a coffee? And it's just those little those little joys of life that are really important that make my staff happy. It's a coffee. Um, yeah. but you know you give them that little privilege those little privileges that when you're working on the ground it's sometimes flat track and you just don't have time sometimes even to eat so you've you've got to honor your staff and give them a little yeah definitely
0: yeah and we know that often like you said we do carry our work home yes and similarly we carry home to work. What sort of strategies do you have around staff who, you know, in terms of supporting each other, a collaborative team? Is there like, you know, I often say a cold word, you know, when I was teaching then, you know, I would say, oh, I need a cup of tea. It's almost like a word that, all right, I really need to move myself. I need, I'm i having a really hard day. All the team really understood that. Is that something that you have within your staff
1: as yes, well? Yes, we do actually. Like even after sessions, sometimes we don't have a chance even to chat because mm. it's so busy. But a lot of times after sessions, especially with my four-year-old group, as a staff, we do like a little debrief. Yeah. And I just think that's important where we're just communicating, did you see that? Did you feel that? Or I'm not really feeling good about that. So we. it's just the priority is communication. If we're communicating as a staff and we have an understanding of where that person's at, especially if something's happening at home, then we find if we have empathy and compassion for that staff member then you will step up for that day and it might be your turn another day Mm -hmm. so it's finding that balance that when something's going on because we share a lot together then stepping up you don't mind stepping up because you know it's going to help the team yeah and sometimes you've got to take one for the team
0: yeah yeah and it's about building that trust that you said that's the foundation really and so when it's uh you know it's about stepping in or stepping up, you like you said, it's uh, it becomes an organic thing Absolutely. because you understand each other mm-hmm. and you work together as a one unit, yep. and that's really really important. Yeah, and you do have your ups and
1: downs. That's, of course, you know, that's, the reality, that's of the reality of it. That's the reality yeah. of it. But I think if you can work through it and. If you can communicate, I think you're already halfway there. Yeah, yeah. Communicating what's going on, so then that way you can understand, or you, you're looking at it holistically. You're not just yeah. looking at what's the matter with you today. It's it's all about okay, let's look at this. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely,
0: yeah. Now we, I want to go back to um, a statement that you mentioned earlier about being comfortable. Yes. Um, and I just want, you know, let's talk about that because obviously being comfortable is also part of the sector that we're seeing at the moment. uh, Be it the uh, pedagogy or the, you know, staffing that we have. Do you remember that moment when that aha moment that kind of go, all right, I want to be uncomfortable? And what are the steps that you take? Was that scary? Was that, you know, uh, a thing that you felt a natural. Oh, I'll give a good example. Yes. Um,
1: I was one of the first under this Moorland Orleans management to apply for the capability assessment. Mm -hmm because I wanted to question what I did I wanted to reflect on what I did and I actually wanted to delve a little bit deeper I've had, got my philosophy as in my own philosophy and there's certain philosophers that I am inspired by but when I had to do the capability assessment there was a, it was it was a lot of work and it really was quite thought provoking because it made me really think about what I do how I do it and how I instill it in everyone else so the first thing I did was um, ask different people that had come to the service, some some staff, some council, um, people that I've dealt with, some early intervention people that I've dealt with, for a testimonial on me, as in, what do you think about how I work? And that could have gone anyway, because yep. I said to them, I want you to be brutally honest. So I got all these testimonials. I think I got about eight back and they were all you know different like one was from early intervention so their their um, area of focus was you know when they came into the service um how did i react to children whether they were on the spectrum or just additional Mm -hmm. needs and how i worked with these early intervention specialists so that was one component then there was one where i got someone from council who just saw me at meetings and how i was as a leader so then I got that feedback, and then staff that I work with now, and what they, how they see me. Because you, you have your own way of doing things, and you've got this. You, you have an idea of how you present as an early childhood teacher, but you wonder whether that's coming across or whether it's being interpreted in a different way. So, with the, when I got all these testimonials, I just read them, and it, you know, really made me think. Yeah, I do do that, and. To be honest, ninety. well, most of it was positive, not most of it. It was all positive because I think I'm, I chose people that, that I work very well with. So um, it was all about me embrace and I do love working. It sounds silly, but I do love working with children with additional needs because I'm so inspired when they reach small milestones that are huge for them and anyone else looking on, it looks small. But... Um, one example I'll give you is a little boy who's in our care at the moment and he's on the spectrum and he's nonverbal and he's got a huge tumour on his arm. So when he started at our kinder, he was nonverbal and mum said, he just loves music. So we just ran with that (laughs) and, you know, music was, you know, we do a lot of music in the program anyway, but there was one particular song, three jellyfish. And I've got this little drama that we do that they put on these little Hawaiian skirts with all tentacles and these three jellyfish and they sit on the rock and they fall off. And he never participated, this little boy just watched, but every time he was watching he would sway. So he would, I knew that he was taking it in, never said a word, just, you know just watched from a distance, didn't even come to group time. And I don't have that, that you need to come, but yeah. I just, we were watching him from a distance while we were running the group time. About a month later, mum took her son and her other son to the aquarium. Yeah. And I haven't been to the aquarium for many years, so she said to me, there's this, like, a cave-like enclosure where you can go under and the jellyfish... Uh, Sort of swimming Swim around and yeah. you can see and you can actually lie down in this enclosure and she took a video of him he lied down in this enclosure had his head up and sang the whole jellyfish song
0: oh that's amazing
1: so for me they're the moments yes. that yes i'm comfortable but every year is different yeah. and when she she sent it to me because i'm very like with all my children, but particularly with my children with special needs, I have a lot of contact with the families because I need to update them. We have lots of meetings. We have lots of people coming in to, you know, whether we're on the same page. Let's work on this together. Let's, work. we want to, you know, the child to reach their full potential. So I have a, I do create a strong bond with those families because I'm, I'm putting a lot of work in. But when you reap those rewards and you see that that child has sung the whole song, and just swaying to that music and singing it in tune. The clarity wasn't the best, but to me that's, that's, I was, I was comfortable as in what I'm doing, but that made me think, you know what, every year is different, so it is not comfortable, it is challenging, it is difficult, it can be awe-inspiring at times, it can be tragic at times when children are diagnosed with more things once they've already got something so for me comfort is doing the same thing as in what I do but the discomfort is the children that come are teaching me so much because it's different every year that's when i say when i say comfortable i'm comfortable because i'm am, i am in my power when i'm working with children because i know what i'm doing but in saying that i'm learning all the time yeah so that's the discomfort and i don't mean it's a discomfort that i can't handle it i mean that it's new all the time and it's it's evolving all the time yeah
0: and 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 it's that discomfortness in the sense of you are comfortable in taking on challenges absolutely you know and and it's not easy no because you never know white background children walk in the door every year
1: we get new sets of children Mm. every year and it's a changing community yes that's right so when i first started here this is coburg it was Mm. i would say 90 percent were arabic families Mm. a lot of our arabic families have moved to faulkner meadow heights sort of that area and we we're very in close vicinity to coburg hill so there's a whole new brand of families coming through different professionals um high-ranking professionals, Mm -hmm. and they've got million-dollar homes in Coburg Hill, so we've got a new brand coming through. But then we still have, you know, our Pakistani families and our Afghan families and our Indian families. So it's a beautiful melting pot. So every year is different, and I'm getting a lot more Asian families coming through because we've also got Coburg Hill and Pentridge. So there's huge apartments going up everywhere around us, so every year every day is different yeah and and what you've also highlighted that you
0: are embracing uh whatever that comes through it i'm gonna take on
1: that challenge i'm gonna learn from it yes. and that is discomfort yes that's because right. you start your year thinking okay this is my list of children let's work with this and you know you get to know them you build relationships with them but every year comes with a new surprise or a new challenge or new staff so just in the midst of it all it's you just you work it yeah that's all you can do you just work with it yeah sometimes good sometimes bad yeah
0: yeah and so when it is challenging and when it's difficult, mm-hmm. What strategies do you use for yourself? In my own personal, yeah, personal
1: or professional,
0: both. because yes. they're both. So are, in my own
1: personal life, I do reiki. Yep, I do meditation every day. I have I do my chanting. I um, I walk every day, so I clear my head. I get get home every night before I even start cooking. I clear my head, go for a walk for half an hour, um, and I find that and it's I I wouldn't say I'm a stressful person, but you do pick up things, so you need I need to clear. So that I'm ready for the next day. I have a bath every night with magnesium salts. Um, the magnesium, you know, is good for your muscles, but magnesium has so many um, properties that help with your body. Mm. Um, and then I do aromatherapy. I, I have a salt lamp going. Um, for me, aromatherapy is about the senses. So if you've got something that smells good and the properties are for relaxation, well, then it works. Even if it's just working the mind or you you might think, okay, this is working and it feels good for me, then that's great. And all those things that I do at home, I put into the kinder session. We're in the kinder ambience. Lots of plants. There's plants everywhere because plants have a good ambience. They've got, they, it, it's just, it, you're bringing outdoors into the indoors. So it's nature, it's relaxing, it's calming. I have my oil burner on every day. I, use, I do Play-Doh and I might put peppermint oil one day. Lavender oil, and we change the colour. We might put the citrus, so we put the citrus colours in. And we turn it into, it's all about the senses. So for me, um, in order to relax and in order to have harmony within your environment, it's all related to the senses. Yeah. What you hear. So I have a lot of relaxation music. Um, So we have a big screen at our kindergarten. It's an interactive whiteboard. And we have... Transition time, so I'll put relaxation music on. I'll have the didgeridoo music going when we do transition, and I use a rain stick. So this, it's just it's embedded in the program. It's not even that we do it anymore. We just it just is. Yeah. So that's how I do it in my personal life, but it spills into my workplace, my and all the staff know what you know, and they embrace it. I had I've got one staff here that works at another service and went and bought a salt lamp. And put it into the other service and um, a diffuser. When I first started here, I actually had the old oil burners with the candle. Yes. And I had it in there because I wasn't allowed to have yeah. it in the room because, you know, you just can't have a, a naked flame. So now if, if you can do things and just it's still safe for the children.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I think what you've done is shown the children that, you know, uh, this is my practice. Mm. I want to share with you. And this is my active way of connecting to myself.
1: Absolutely. And I want to join. I want you to join in. And they that do. Connection. It's amazing. Like yes. We've got a wellness box at the kinder. So the last probably three years I've found in general, children's um, self regulation is sort of up and down. So they'll come in of a morning and they're a little bit apprehensive, um, not wanting to let go. So we have a wellness box. And in this wellness box, I've got crystals and I've got fidget toys, something soft and something that you can bend, again, related to the senses. So they can come in, choose something from that wellness box and come and sit on the mat. And once they have self-regulated, they know, it's just a given because we've spoken about it, they pop back into the wellness box and they settle. So all those things also help children with their... Well, their well being. Yeah, yeah,
0: because they've got a space where they can reach out to when they're feeling any feelings. Any feeling. And they can kind of go, all right, I can do that to calm myself down. I know that this is a safe space to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you spoke about. you know, having a, a quiet time during the day and you spoke about putting music, so turning the lights off, mm-hmm. I would assume, putting the music on yep. and having your screen, yep, something relaxing. Music. And so, and you've got your rain stick. Is there anything else that you do I with the like children? A,
1: with a bubble, another uh, bubble wand, like a... Like a ribbon wand? It's like a, a little wand with water in it and oh, I just wave yep. it around. And I've got a, a rainbow ribbon that I use, yep. the rain stick. Um, I have got a huge red feather. And it just sort of. And so,
0: do they lie down on the floor? They lie down. Yep.
1: And they just know. It's just they just lie down yeah. because it's part of our routine, and yeah. it's and it forms part of the transition. So, um, it's it's also the way sometimes we disperse them. So if they're lying still and then we touch them, then they know to go wash their hands. Um, so we do a, a a blend of indoor outdoor, and we also do a blend of. Um, 12 children inside, then 12 children outside, then swapping them over so there's a bit more calmness in the room. It's not so busy. We have a lot of additional needs children, so we need to get a nice balance so that the other children that are fine get the best out of the program too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's four of us who have an additional needs assistant. So all those things, we all do it. And sometimes we ask the children to disperse. So they're part of that. They're part of that relaxing... You know, li- their lives are so busy. Yeah. They're on the go. Quick, get up, go into that. Well, extracurricular things that are all, you know, extracurricular things used to be primary school things. Mm-hmm. When children started primary school, then you'd put them into martial arts. They're doing that all now. Yes. So their lives are busy. There's, n- there's not a lot of time just to have downtime. And so we provide that here.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and so important for these children because they're gonna take this with them for the Tools rest for of life. their school Tools life. For life. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. And, and crystals—they know the names of crystals that I, you know, the rose quartz or the amethyst. Yes, you know that might th- you might think you know what are they learning from that? But they're they're minerals, stones are minerals. So they're learning about the earth and that it comes from the earth and over many years they all have different colors and different properties. Yeah. So there's so much learning. When I'm doing all of this, you know, the other, not the other day, recently, um, I brought in a whole bunch of peppermint leaves from the garden and I had peppermint oil. And then we made Play Doh together with the peppermint oil. We put the green color in and then we put the peppermint in a big vase on the table. So it, it, the whole peppermint was just, everywhere, hmm. um, so they could smell it, they could touch it, they could feel it, um, and they could play with it. And, you know, then we got some testimonials from the children. Tell me about peppermint. It's, you know, my mum puts it in her cooking or my mum puts it in the water. Oh, we've got a huge, you know, bush in the, at home. You know, so so much came out of just a, a peppermint leaf that I brought into kinder. Yeah, yeah. And what
0: a great, you know, learning, community learning, that coming together, taking the connections that they have, here in a learning space yes. home and you know making that connection with each other absolutely and it's so important yeah yeah so you talk a lot about the amazing work that you do with the children mm. where does all this inspiration come from is there someone that you you know in terms of t- theories that you follow through
1: into um, your practice there's a few that i i do like the steiner because it's related to nature yeah And aromatherapy and smells is all related to nature. So for me, I make that connection Mm. because it's about the earth. It's about, the earth is about sensory. So for me, we're putting sensory into the program in a different format. It's not just going outside and smelling and touching and picking flowers, it's making sense of that world. So I also inspired by Piaget because it's hands-on. Everything that we do is hands-on whatever's out is is not out of bounds so the children can you know we do musical instruments so they look at the plants they we talk about plants we do a lot of planting what a veggie patch so yeah there's I have I can't really say there's one real one yeah I did it's funny because when I did all this capability system I went through all of them and it's like now they're all all over the place but it's just I've made it my own yes And that's what I can say that I've got a bit of everything even a bit of the Montessori which is all self-motivated they are self-motivated when we're playing just in general we have two and a half hours of activity time or learning experience time where they move around the room following their interests and that is not only child focused but it's about who they are
0: yeah
1: so if if they are going to the puzzle table, for an example, and they, they want to just do the simple one, we might throw in some prompts and say, try the other one. or But it's still self-directed. So, yeah, I could go on. But yeah. there's so many. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I think what you've mentioned, what you said before, you know, uh, you've made it your own. Yeah. And that's so important, you know, uh, and thinking back, you know, when you were studying as a teacher, trying to find your identity you know, the challenges and, uh, you know, celebrations that you have along yes. the way coming to now, really embracing
1: yourself. Yes. You know. And I think coming into your own as yes. a professional, when you first start out, you've got all this information and it's quite overwhelming, overwhelming yeah. and daunting. You think, well, who do I follow? Yes. Do I follow that one? <laughs> or, and the more you work in this field, the more you think, actually, I don't really agree with that or that really resonates with me. So there's lots of things that will come up over the years. I am not the teacher I was when I first started. I can honestly say that I have evolved as a teacher and I'm still evolving. As I get students coming in, I always say this, the students will come to me and say, okay, you're my, you're going to be my mentor and I'm going to learn from you. And I said, before we start, I'm going to be learning a lot from you too. Okay. So that's, I think if I've got that attitude, then I'm always learning. Yeah. Um, you know they'll come with a you know there's some philosophers I've never heard of because I didn't learn there's there's always new ones or probably ones that are just popping up or more um yeah just maybe I just have forgotten them because I hadn't haven't studied since my thirties so you sort of forget things and then once you start delving in and you speak to their students about what they're inspired by or why they're doing something you think oh that makes sense I do that but I wasn't didn't think that referred to that philosopher yeah. You know. True. Yeah. Yeah. So it puts it into perspective on yeah. why you do things. Yeah, definitely you so know? important.
0: So yeah. what's the next project for you? What's the next thing that you want to focus on for yourself yes. and for professionally?
1: Um personally in my personal life, I've just started my own Reiki business. So mainly on a Monday and at night I have Reiki clients. So the more you do Reiki, if If you know much about Reiki, Reiki is a universal healing and it works on the chakras and it works on emotions. So at the moment, our world is full of people that are really struggling with their emotions and their well-being and their wellness. So for me, Reiki is helping. If you can work on your emotions in a gentle manner, then everything else falls into place. Because once your emotions get escalate, it causes a disease in the body. So for me, um, you know, I'm a bit am at a bit of a crossroads. Do I continue doing what I'm doing or do I continue with my Reiki? But at the moment it's not sustainable
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it's I do probably a client a week and I'm not pushing it, I'm still learning. Um, it's building on my intuition, so I'm gaining. So each Reiki client I have, I'm learning. One day, I mean, I am sort of combining it anyway, but, yeah, maybe Reiki with children but not in a kinder city. Yeah, and that's beautiful because what
0: it is that... It gives you the openness, you know. When I'm hearing you talk about the possibility of it's okay, yeah. I'll figure it out. Yeah, and that's what I'm hearing with your teaching as well. I'm just going to take one step at a time. Yeah. I'm very confident in yeah. what I know yeah. and what I believe in. I believe that you know, obviously, mental health and being connected to your spirituality is really, really important. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do I do that with children? I'm going to adapt every year because mm. you get different with different connections yes. and so you know it's adapting for you mm. but what you've also shown is that you know I'm also learning absolutely with myself and with my
1: connection yeah and also um management knows that I do all this yeah so we had a conference just for our you know our kinders yeah and I was asked to do a meditation for the whole conference fantastic so I um I did a, a guided meditation, and then I brought in my singing bowls and all my instruments, and so we, we had a visualisation where I, I I took everyone to the beach, and then they had to sit on the beach, and then I did all my instruments, and then I closed with them returning back to the room. So it's putting, in a way, my name out there, out there, is so that I am a kinder teacher, but there's more to me than just being a kindergarten teacher. I've got so much more to offer. And these things that I'm doing can be done in the kinder room. Mm. And I do. I bring my, you know, I've got my singing bowl in there where I do the singing bowl and they know that it's time to to, to, to to go within. They just know because it's what we've sort of spoken about but it's 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 called um, sound healing. Mm. And because so many children and families are going through so much at the moment, sound healing just brings the focus back.
0: Yeah, yeah. But also, what you've um, highlighted for me is that I'm embracing myself Mm -hmm. and I'm putting that into what I know and sharing that knowledge with other people. And I think that's really, really important because a lot of time with a lot of teachers is doing what has been done. You come into this new space for beginning teachers, for example, it's like, all right, I'll just have to pick up what's left off. Mm. And often you forget about who you are, about your own identity, about things that you enjoy, things that you're passionate about. Mm. And you forget um, to leave your mark, leave your, you know, create a a sense of belonging within your
1: space. Absolutely. And it becomes you. Yes. Your workplace becomes who you are. A blend of everyone, really, not just me, but we've all got something to offer. And everyone has different ways of being for me it's that yeah for another staff member it might be the garden and that in itself is relaxing and calming yeah. and, and you know you're, you're touching the earth how much more healing can you get from touching the earth mm-hmm. so we've all got something to offer you know we have an, another staff member who loves music music again is sensory yeah at the end of the day it's all related to our senses I keep saying that because yeah when we focus on our senses and working with our senses and allowing our senses to make discoveries and, and to experiment with our senses. That's calming. Yeah. When yeah. you're calm, you learn. Definitely. You learn better.
0: Yeah, and you're a better teacher. And you're sh- you know, shining that energy mm. to people around you. And what a beautiful connection that you can have and give. Yep. to other people around you. So, sure. yeah. I'm going to ask you a very, very silly question, but do you enjoy your job? I love my job.
1: So important. I love my job. Um, I still have that...
0: After 30 years? I do.
1: Yeah. I know. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. Yep. Um, I'm the type of person that I give 150%. Mm-hmm. And you do have to put a lot in to reap rewards. You don't just come in and just... It's not just... You know, walking around and just let's just do it. Let's do this. It's actually there's got to be thought involved. You, you need to have goals. You need to have a plan, and you need to share that with your staff so that we're all on the same page. Yeah. But I still, you know, like at, I'll give an example at this during the school holidays. I'll always come in one day of that. Those school holidays and set up the room for the following term so it's ready and then i i um see all the staff in and i'll say we've done a doctor's corner or whatever it is that i've done and and the others and i'll say to the staff take or leave it you know you can add you can you know so that we're all part of it i don't expect them all to come in and i can't pay them all mm-hmm. so i would just come in and for me i know that when i get to the new term it's all new and I, the children will come in and just will look around the room and they'll sit on the mat and i'll say Look around the room, put your hand up if you noticed anything different. I do this at the beginning of each term and they all just look around. There's x-rays on the wall or, you know, the puzzle corner is in a different spot. So we want to, you know, shake it up a little. So when they come, they're inspired. Not only are the staff inspired, but they want to learn and they want to play in there. And then you've got to put a little bit of restrictions on it and so I have to have four in the home corner because then all 20 of them want to come in there. (laughs) So we put number fours out because it's four-year-old Kinder so they can relate to number four because they just don't know where to go first. And then two to three weeks in, then they they found what they really like and they might have experimented and thought, yeah, that's pretty good, but I might try that area too. And that's what gives me joy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And mm. I can feel
1: it. Mm. You know, it's, every- it's authentic. It's yes. just it's what I do, it's what I love, and that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I wouldn't I can't I can't even see myself doing anything else because I've the two things that I love, I've combined them. You know, I'm in my 50s. So, yes, one day I'm thinking maybe all these hours might be too much for me and I do want to have a bit more of a break, but there's a way of doing that and I will transition slowly,
0: I won't just go. Yeah, and it's so important because what it is is that you're recognising yourself and you're recognising that this is what I enjoy, but I want to do more for myself. How do I transition myself into something that I'm going to continue enjoying, enjoy and continue to learn. Yeah, Really good. Um, we are pressing for time, which is just, I, I can sit here all day, yes. by the way. Um, we we'll finish off with this question. One advice you would tell your beginning teacher self 30 years ago, what would that
1: be? Um, just take everything in, take note of everything, but apply things that only resonate with you and build on that. Yeah, so important mm-hmm. because you often forget about you,
0: who you are, yeah. why you're here, what am I going to do, you know, with... You know, all of this, all of know, this, it's so overwhelming. Where do I know? Where yeah. do I do? What do? You know, exactly. Every day, yeah, and it's just like you said, take your time, just observe
1: and listen. Yeah, so important. And you will learn things on the way, and that's how it works. You can go to uni and get a degree, but once you work in the in the industry or in the sector, that's when you learn the most. Yeah, definitely. You could know, you might know all the theory, you might know all the practices and all the framework, and that's great. But then you need to find you within all that. Yeah, fantastic. Well,
0: thank you yeah. so much for joining us, Rita. Thank you. you are a pleasure. complete and inspiring. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, I am so honoured to have you on the podcast because what it is that you've shown is that you can find that balance and you can be your authentic self. Absolutely. And just teach children and still enjoy it and still find joy yeah. um, after 30 years. And you're still learning. Absolutely. so important to do that. Never ending. That is never ending. Yes. And we should be doing that with the children along with them. They're on the journey with us. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Wonderful. thank you.